Hello, Kyle. It's John again. I sent you another link, another way. I reset the link. I sent it to you to my end. So I hope you can get it. I apologize. I've heard some other people say that they've had some troubles linking on YouTube live. It's a new feature. And obviously, they don't have it to where you can do it from your laptop. So I've been doing mine from my phone. And it's been working pretty good lately till tonight. I think my wife just got home. She'll barge in here. Hear her singing. I'm going to put my microphone here so I can look more professional. Hey, honey. Hello. Hear them. You know, I've also had a lot of trouble downloading interviews onto my YouTube, I mean my podcast. Ooh, it's uploading now. Maybe it'll work. My podcast, I went back to Catholic for Rednecks, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Podbean, wherever you listen to your second favorite podcast, I put it there. So right now it's loading, and I'm trying to get Kyle. And don't know what's wrong, but if you're there, feel free to say hello. Meanwhile, the podcast from Jamie, if you didn't listen to Jamie, she was on Saturday morning, and she's an hour ahead of me. And uh, it was a really good interview. And she makes fermented pickles. And then another interview I had was with my son, Lee, who still doesn't know that he was on live yet. And I had an interview with Matt Poole, who is my former Presbyterian buddy, lives in Atlanta. Had an interview with Psycho Woman. What? Hey, Kyle. Kyle. <laughs> How are you? Good, good. Um, here, let me get this mounted up. I had to I had to add some stuff to my phone to get this going. What did you have to do to connect? Well, I had to uh, had to add a, the YouTube app to my phone because oh, I don't. The YouTube app I told you about. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I have, have the app. So, yeah. Man, Looking good, man. I appreciate it. I think I was, how old is that? Oh, let's see here. I got out of the Air Force May 1st, so it's been growing since then. So the, the pre, when did, when were you on the, uh, that YouTube with the young lady that, uh, what, file under faith? When oh, was, goodness. When was I on with Megan? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure. She, um, 
That was a few months ago, but yeah, it's been growing since then. I think that was September whenever Megan and I did the... I think she's got me blocked or something because I've sent her messages via every platform I can find because I wanted to talk to her about how she does her show. Oh. I saw you on there and I saw you somewhere else. And I was thinking that guy likes to share his faith. I'm going to get him. (laughs) Yeah. I I hit pause on purpose. Because I like to go into interview like I met someone, right? Just got out of the air force, huh? Well, sort of. I was I was active duty for six years, and then I did four years in the guard, and that that four years ended just uh, May of twenty twenty two. Did you become Catholic in the guard in the air force? No, so I became Catholic uh, while I was in high school. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. um, so like I was received into the church back in two thousand ten. So. But uh, I'm more than happy to go into that story if that's where you want to read. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. So uh, the story starts, I grew up in uh, southeastern Oklahoma, about two hours north of Dallas, Texas. Um, so everything. Huh? McAllister? Uh, no, south of McAllister. Um, so Durant, Oklahoma. So the, still, still, still Choctaw Nation. But, uh, but yeah, so no, I actually worked at the Choctaw Casino for a good bit. Um, I thought I recognized you. Did you do the blackjack tables? No, I was a lifeguard. Oh. I was a lifeguard and a sandwich maker. Oh. So, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so uh, that's where I grew up. And as you know, if you're familiar with the area, you know it's not very Catholic. Um, the uh, the the town that I grew up in actually only had uh, one Catholic family in it, uh, which was kind of plays into the story but you know with the with the area that i'm in it was just right across uh right just right above the red river so if we had to do anything major go to anything that was anything more than walmart go see a movie whatever we were always going out to like denison or sherman texas mm-hmm. so um it's like and while we weren't like strictly like anti-catholic it was never like pro-catholic either like my grandmother was uh, a Pentecostal woman, God rest her soul. And that's mostly who we went to church with. And, you know, just little church that was, you know, lined with the backup with the amplifiers, the speakers, and, you know, yelling into the microphones, everything, everybody speaking in tongues. And it was just like, I I just thought that's just what church was. And occasionally my parents would take us to uh, a Methodist church, which that was completely different, but I didn't really understand what the difference was. It was just, oh, this church is prettier, but it's a lot more boring. And yeah, I didn't really understand any of the difference. I just thought, you know, church was church, which, you know, you grew up in. Huh? I've never been to a Methodist church service in my entire life, except for a wedding. Oh. But I've been to Bristol, England, where the Wesley brothers are from. Okay. (laughs) Nice. It's a totally different setup, right? Yeah, yeah. So... I didn't know any different. And then, like, my, my best friend growing up, his his father, God rest his, his soul, uh, was a Church of Christ minister as well. So I kind of went around with them and, like, a little bit of the Baptists, too, just kind of floating around everywhere. Uh, didn't I had, like, that, that faith background just that's inherent from growing up, like, in the South. Because, like, if you weren't going to church, you were, you know, eh, there's something wrong with you. So I had that. And cool. Well, so my, my grandmother passes away. We, I stopped going to church with her, uh, obviously. And, but 
my parents don't, they kind of quit taking us to church and I don't, I'm just kind of floating around. You know, I'm a, I'm a kid in rural Oklahoma without a car, which means that you're stuck. And, you know, just whatever church I could walk to or, or ride my bike to, that's, that's, that's where I'd go. Now, whenever I was 16, I got the opportunity. My dad's business was doing really well, and he was able to sponsor me to do a people-to-people uh, -people student ambassador trip. And that was that was awesome. The uh, uh, the uh, sorry the student ambassador trip. I got to go to France, Italy, and Greece. So the first Catholic church that I ever stepped foot in in my life was Notre Dame in Paris. Well, you burned that place down when you left, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys, it was my fault. Um, so that was really cool. But then I got to go to the Vatican, and I was an art nerd, so I didn't, I didn't know any, you know, I knew all the art, but I didn't know the significance of all the stuff. Now it's like, uh, to to this day, like I'm a little, uh, you know, I lamented a little bit because it's just like, dang, I really want to go back as a as a pilgrim and not as a tourist. I know how you feel, Kyle. Yeah. yeah. I, so. I went there in the um, early, mid-80s when mm -hmm. I was four. And um, I went to St. Peter's. I had on a nice pair of shorts. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if they've loosened the rules up a little bit since then. But I went in there excited with my camera. My hands were just like this. Uh -huh. Baptists and Pentecostals, they come. Right. A backslid Baptist Pentecost. And I walked my country self in there with my camera and had men in black. That's why oh. I was men in black. One grabbed one on each side, picked me up, and gave me the heave hole. They threw me out of the place for wearing shorts. So yep. I had to go back to as a Catholic. Yeah. Yeah, so like I, I'm hoping to get back, uh, you know, this side of eternity, but you know, we'll see. So, so anyway, like I come back from that, and while I I come back from this trip, and I had questions, but not like religious questions. I had like art questions. Like yeah. when you go through, when you enter the Vatican through the museum, you know, you go out into that garden and whatever. They've got this pine cone looking thing, which I had questions about. I'd never seen this before. Like, it's funny because, you know, 13 years later or, or whatever. Wow, it's been 15 years now. Uh, but anyway, they, um, it's, I'm asking Catholics and now I was just like, there's no reason that any Catholic should know this, know what this pine cone thing is. But I'm asking people at this regular parish in Denison, Texas. And it, it was, a, it was because it was like a Christian rock concert. Manic Drive was the headliner there and i knew like this cute girl from from school was going to be there so and she was from the catholic family whatever so while i'm out there i meet this uh this youth leader her name was uh joanna and she was just like hey you should come out and come see us sometime and of course i'm just sitting over there like oh yeah absolutely but internally i'm going absolutely not no you're catholics Y'all are all going to hell. I'm not coming back here like ever again unless you have a cool concert or something. And so that that was a uh, that was that experience. And why did you think that Catholics were going to hell? What was your reasoning for that? 
Ooh, so uh, this is going to sound really stupid. Um, it's because they called Priest's father. And uh, that's literally about as deep as it went. Really? So on Father's Day, they just kind of pause that? And we yeah, well, you know, it's the crazy father. thing. <laughs> the, the, the craziest thing that I heard um, a priest say once is I was like, well, if you're not allowed to call any man father, what do you call that guy who's married to your mom? Yeah. And it's just like, Oh, that's a really good point. But so easy, easy, easy objections. And whenever, so eventually it does come up. I'm at school, this cute girl's there. And they're like, it's a Wednesday. They're like, hey, Wednesday, you want to come to church? And I'm sitting over there thinking like, I'm a, I'm a very cultured man. I've been to, I've been to Europe and I'm very open-minded. However, thank you, but no thank you because that's a Catholic church. And if I go there, the ground will open up and I will go straight to hell. So thank you, but no. And then the, they said something, she, she said something to me that just changed everything, changed the whole dynamic. And I'll never forget it. She looked at me and she went, Kyle, there's going to be free pizza there. And that was it. And I was like, okay, all right, let's go. Free pizza. I'm a 16 year old kid. Huh? Yeah, exactly. It's just like, I'm a 16 year old kid. There's a cute girl. There's free food. What's not to love? So, which like spoiler alert for everybody watching this, uh, all four of you, it looks like, uh, I did not get married to that girl. <laughs> we, we never even dated. Um, it, it's, it's so funny whenever I tell the story in front of my wife, people are kind of looking at her like, Oh, is this the girl? I was like, Oh, what? No, not her. <laughs> and uh, so well, they four people will turn into a few hundred in the ne in the next few days. So don't worry. Oh. All right. <laughs> oh. So uh, it's funny on my channel. I always have a joke of uh, you know every time somebody says something maybe a little off color, I'll be like, oh, it's fine. Nobody watches this. <laughs> What's your channel? Huh? Your channel. My my channel is just Kyle Whittington. It's just my name. Oh. I, I tried to make, name it something clever, but then every time I did that, like when you'd look for it, it'd get buried. But yeah. Whittington's not exactly a common last name. So if you type in Kyle Whittington, ever since I, I passed that guy that, uh, ever since I passed that guy that sells the tea, which was like, after I hit 37 subscribers, I was now, I'm now the number one Kyle Whittington on YouTube. Well, good. So. good. I feel honored. <laughs> yeah so didn't i didn't i didn't you didn't know that you were talking to a legend but anyway so we get in here and i'm, I'm i get there to the mass and this was the first time i'd ever gone to any sort of church because like church was you know in the baptist tradition it was you tolerate the sermon long enough before you go eat and that's kind of what I thought the dynamic was going to be here. We're going to sit through this mass thing, and then we're going to get to the reason why we're really here, and that's the pizza. But whenever we got there, I was just enamored by the mass. I was just sitting there like, what is going on here? Like, this priest is doing things that I've never seen before. And hold on, what's that circle he's holding up? And whenever, after the mass, I looked to... My buddy Tyler, who was the the cute girl's older brother, who ultimately became my RCIA sponsor, he, I was like, hey, Tyler, what was that? What, what just happened? 
Mm-hmm. And he was just like, I, I, it's like I, I've never seen anything like that. What's going on? And so he kind of explained the real presence to me. And I was like, dang, that sounds really crazy. But let's go get the free pizza and let's keep talking about this. And so we get the free pizza. And I keep coming back because these people are great. Joanna, the 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 lady who's kind of like the the mom of the the youth uh, of the youth group there, she she was there. There was a great great. Um, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm getting the oh yeah. Hey, family on avoiding yeah. Babylon. We're doing trivia again this Thursday. But anyway, <laughs> the um, great questions that I could ask, and these people were just so friendly. And they weren't pushy at all. In fact, like the first time anybody approached me about joining RCIA, I had like long already made the decision to go. And just a whole great team around. And it was, man, it was just so much fun. But I was able to ask these questions looking back on it now, like the called no man father thing. That is such an easy objection. that Like you don't even have to pull out a book or anything. It's just, oh, yeah. So here's what that meant. I mean, and since that was like really my only big one, and then there was just the what's, oh, your, what's your answer to that? Because there's going to be people watching that want to know. Oh, that. yeah. So it's like the context. Okay, so call no man father. Obviously, that's a really strong, uh, you know, uh, to to forbid something like that. Once again, I, I mentioned it earlier. What do you call the guy that's married to your mom? You know, he was like, oh, well, I call him dad, not father. It's like, well, Jesus wasn't speaking English either. So, no, it was the specific father thing. Now, what was Jesus specifically saying against? He was, he was warning against chasing after these religious titles or just titles in general to build up your own glory as opposed to building up the glory of God. So there's really nothing wrong with being called dad. Like, I'm a father of four kids and, you know, they call me dad. You know, I, I, they might call me father if they're being silly. But even then, like I said, Jesus wasn't speaking English. So, yeah. So once I once I understood that, and then whenever you point out that later on in the New Testament, St. Paul calls himself a spiritual father. He calls Onesimus, uh, you know, his son, which we know that St. Paul was a celibate. So there's not, he didn't have any biological children. So, you know, like either St. Paul didn't get the memo or there's a deeper meaning here. Yeah, that that same passage, Jesus says, call no man teacher, Uh rabbi, right, master, which in King James English means mister. Yep. So he's saying, call no man father, call no man teacher, call no man mister. Yep. A lot of folks. Thankfully, we can call women anything we want, though. So because there was no forbidding anything calling women anything under the sun. So, you know, (laughs) no. Uh, so, you know, these are the kinds of objections that I had and the space that we had. So as other things came up, it was just, okay, but y'all worship Mary and that's really not cool. Um, you know, so I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll just kind of hang on to that. And I mean, the, the Mary thing, ultimately it, it did bug me, but as I asked more questions, it was just, we're not worshiping her. She's praying for us. She's intercessing for us. And I was just, well, that doesn't seem bad. It's like, and somebody just literally, it's it worked on me. It was just, why wouldn't you just ask? Is it bad when you ask somebody else to pray for you? Mm-hmm. Well, no. Well, then why is it ask? Why is it wrong to ask the mother of God to pray for you? Right. And so I was like, yeah, you got me. Yeah, no, I I don't have an objection to that. 
So found out that she lived next door and you had an urgent prayer request. Would you go next door and knock on the door? Uh, Mother Mary, could you oh, yeah. tell your son that well, I've got coming up? Yeah, it, and it's and it's just so remarkable because, you know, we know for a fact that Mary was by far the closest one to Jesus from start to finish, literally, as his mother, the Annunciation, the moment of his incarnation at the conception. Obviously, she was, you know, there. She had him for nine months all to herself. Who else can say that? And she was at the foot of the cross. Yeah. So, you know, it's like from his... His entire earthly ministry, Mary was there. No one was closer to Jesus than Mary. And also, it's the, um, oh, what, what, hold on. I, I had a good point. The, uh, the, just the queenship of, of Mary, whenever you go back and look at the, at, at Kings, you know, when we see Bathsheba and how she acts after, after David dies, it's just, oh, well, who's, who's the queen? Well, Mary's the queen because which of, of all of Solomon's wives, which one was his queen? Cause he had a, what, 700 wives. Well, none of them, none of them were the queen. The queen was his mother and Jesus. Well, who would be his queen? Cause he's King. Well, he never had a wife. So that makes Mary queen of heaven. So yeah. whenever, whenever I, whenever I heard all these things, I was just like, huh, whatever. I don't know why, but y'all are still wrong. I'm not doing it. But I kept coming back and these friendships kept building up over and over. And we kept having so much fun. I went to the Steubenville South Conference in uh, Alexandria, Louisiana a couple times. And it that was a lot of fun. I start to realize, man, there's something to this, but whatever, I'm not going to do it. And the the point, I don't know if this was, this wasn't the point that like, this was finally what convinced me, but it was the moment that I knew that I was cooked and I was done. I was watching Comedy Central because I was a teenager and I thought Comedy Central was funny. Um, and some comedian, I don't even remember his name, was watching one of his specials that I had actually heard before. And he made a priest joke, like priests are pedophiles. And like, I don't remember, I don't particularly remember it being funny the first time. It might have just been like, eh, that's cute. Uh, but now, like, I was offended and I turned it off because, you know, the priest at, at St. Patrick's, I'd come to grow quite a bit of respect for him. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, mm, nope, turning that off. So I turned off the TV and I walked away. I was alone. I was home alone at the time. And, and as I was walking away to go do something else, I was just like, oh, I'm cooked. That's yeah. it. I'm done. This is, uh, yeah, this, this, I, I, I gotta make this official. Um, so ultimately I did, I was just like, okay, so I gotta ask, I gotta ask, I'll ask Tyler. Tyler knows, will know what I need to do to get into the church. And he said, uh, I was like, well, you gotta start going on Sunday mornings. Cause I was a strictly evenings only guy. And I was like, oh, no, not Sunday mornings. Those are mine. I just, those are for me. I'm, I'm not giving anybody my Sunday mornings. And then eventually that is just like, no, this is way more important than sleeping in on a Sunday. And eventually I was like, okay, now I got to tell my parents. Cause I, I knew it was like, I got to do this. And I, at the time this was Lent of 2009. So I was 17 living at home and we, we, okay. you know, we had, 
huh? for a second there. You were rebarbing there for a second. Go oh, ahead. Sorry. About, uh, yeah. So the, I was like, okay, I got to tell my mom. And, you know, we had the DVR. We were watching, I don't know, probably Big Bang Theory. I think that was the big thing back then. And somebody calls her. She pauses the TV. She talks to the person on the phone. And after she hangs up, before she can unpause the TV, I was like, it's now or never. Mom, I think I need to become Catholic. And you would have thought I was coming out of the closet because she was just like, okay, all right, we'll get through this. Yeah. And, and and she was like, well, at least you're not becoming a Mormon. So I was just like, all right, so Catholics are not on the bottom of your list. Cool. And, and we go through and we just, we, uh, we, we keep going, but she, before she, like relented, I guess she, she gave me two stipulations. She, she said, you have to go get educated on this because I'm not going to let you just walk in by your, like walk into this blind mm-hmm. Two, you got to wait until you're 18. And like I said, this was Lent of 2009. It was already 17. RCIA didn't start until the next fall, which meant Easter of 2010 would be the soonest I could come into the church, which was after my 18th birthday. And I told moms like, you know what? You and the church are on the same page here providentially because yeah. they're not going to, they're not going to, yeah, it's like, they're not going to let me speed run this, especially like basically some dumb kid. Like, excuse Which, me, father. Did you, does she mean RCIA? She did mean RCIA, but like one thing that she did want me to look into is a little bit of like church politics and stuff like that, which I guess I kind of looked into, but Honestly, church politics don't like even to this day don't interest me. So I was just like, yeah, you know, there might be some bad guys up in the Vatican, but just because there's like bad politicians in the U.S. doesn't mean this is a bad nation. Yeah. So I wondered about John Hannity. I don't know if you know who he is. Mm-hmm. Dude on Fox News that renounced his Catholic faith because he is. Uh, tired of the corruption in the Vatican, yet he's on there preaching politics and make America great again. You're Um, right. What, dude? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just, you can't judge a church, and this goes for any church. You know, you can't judge Catholicism by its least practicing members. And whenever we're discussing with Protestants, too, we, like, as Catholic apologists, like, we got to be careful not to do that, too, because it's just like, well, this Lutheran became a became a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Well, the Lutherans would say, "Well, he's a bad Lutheran," you mm-hmm. know. So it's just like, so you talking about thing. BTK? Do what? Are you talking about BTK there? Oh, I just I, I didn't know. Was he a Lutheran? I didn't know. Never mind. Was, I think he's he's either Presbyterian or Lutheran. One of those. Yeah. Well, you know, all heretics. So who? Can, no, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, so. I go through RCIA and then Easter Vigil of 2010, I'm brought into the church. Uh, so I was never baptized. So I got, it's, it's really easy filling out forms nowadays for sacraments or if I'm a godparent or something. It's just like, first, I need your baptism, first communion confirmation. It's just April 4th, 2010, all three of them. So April 4th, uh, 15, I think I, I came in at a time like you did. Mm-hmm. I had to go like a year and a half uh-huh. because um, 
I was way too before. By the time I decided to become, I, I just I decided on Good Friday mm. of the first Holy Week I ever went to. On Good Friday, you know that part they don't really have a mass right only service of the year they have. Mm. And we had the pews down. They were singing. They were playing Johnny Cash at a Catholic church. That song. Mm-hmm. There when they crucified. You heard that song? Oh yeah, yeah. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Yeah, yeah. I'm on my knees and I'm looking around, and all these Catholic people that I thought had been a cult, uh-huh. they're they're crying. Right. And Good Friday. I'm saying this is not a cult. Mm-hmm. People are weeping over Jesus, mm-hmm. and I want to be one of them. So that was my moment. But my. Mine kind of clicked like yours did where I had to wait forever to become Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I for me, like whenever now that I've been, been in it for a while and I've, I've seen people go on their own struggles, I really view how how easy my journey really was because I didn't didn't lose any friends. I mean, I've got family that'll still make even to this day, I'll still make a Snyder mark at a family reunion or whatever. But it's just like, yeah, I've. I, you know, if you want to talk, we can talk. If you want to insult, you can insult. But, you know, I'm not going to respond to your insults. I'm, But I'm happy to talk if you want to talk and not that, lecture me. You would handle it if somebody makes a, a jab at you at Thanksgiving or Christmas? Well, so, like, Thanksgiving and Christmas nowadays, because, like, you know, my, my wife's family, everybody on her, her, her side of the family is Catholic, so... Mm-hmm. We mostly spend holidays with her family, but, uh, but like, you know, my family, so we live in St. Louis now, but, uh, you know, my family's still back in Oklahoma. And since we've got everything, it's just like, here, y'all can come up if you want. But whenever I'm at a family reunion or something like that, occasionally a Snyder mark will come and, you know, a, a phrase that I've, I've adopted or picked up is, Okay, did you actually want to talk about this, or were you just trying to make pot shots? Mm-hmm. You know, or, or it's like, do you want to talk, or, do, or are you just trying to be insulting? And then, like, you know, some people be like, no, I don't actually want to talk about it, you know, or whatever. But you put them, you you, you kind of put the, uh, like, you say, it's like, did you just want to be insulting? Because just like, oh, I guess I was being insulting. Oh. So, but, uh, but yeah, so. That that's just how I handle that now, because it's just like you can't, you know what they say. It's not a problem. It's not a problem with the seed. It's a problem with the soil, and because there's nothing wrong with the word of God. There's nothing wrong with the bride of Christ, His church. But there's a lot of problems with a lot of people, and it's just I'm not going to spend my breath, waste my time, and yours if you don't want to listen. Mm-hmm. So that's 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 kind of kind of how I handle it now. Um, but yeah, so. And then after that, shortly after that, I went to Franciscan. So that was fun. Uh, I got to meet uh, friends that I, I still very good friends that I have to this day. It was really fun because uh, one of my one of my best friends. So uh, one one thing that you'll notice in my in my conversion story, I never mentioned the name Scott Hahn at all. Mm-hmm. To this point, I had never heard the man's name. And because I didn't need to do that deep dive to like really get over my hangups because my hangups were pretty shallow. And so I didn't, I had no idea who uh, Scott Hahn was. So whatever. 
I meet my now wife. We're having lunch. And, and she had met this guy through the weekly swing dances. Tall, lanky guy. Is uh, that twirling like he twirl people? Oh, yeah. It? Yeah, we, we used to do, I can't remember if it was every Sunday or every Saturday night, but we'd do swing dances at Franciscan, and it was a lot of fun. And this tall, lanky guy would swing dance like the world's best programmed robot. He was mechanical but smooth. And... But anyway, I get to meet him and we're talking to him and it was just like, hey, uh, he's a cool guy. And I was like, hey, uh, Jeremiah, like, what's your, let, let me get your number. So, cause he was trying to say like, hey, you should come check out the household that I helped found. And I was like, cool. All right, Jeremiah, what, what, what's your last name? And he went, Han. And I was like, cool. How do you spell that? Cause I had no idea. He's like, H-A-H-N. I was like, cool, man. All right, sweet. Well, I'll catch you around. Take it easy, dude. And then later on, whenever I was walking around in the bookstore, I saw the, you know, the name Scott Hahn, Scott Hahn. I was like, hey, that's spelled just the same as Jeremiah's last name. And I was like, huh, is that any relation to Jeremiah Hahn? Do y'all know? <laughs> and like a friend of mine, like looked at me like I was stupid and was just like, yeah, that's his dad. Oh. And I was just like, oh, huh. Is he like a big deal or something? And he was just like, oh, you know, some people might say that. <laughs> so I was like, I had no idea. But uh, yeah, Jeremiah, because someone else I was talking to recently knows him. Oh, yeah. Well, he, I think he is Rob mm -hmm. with Blue Collar Catholic. Rob with Blue Collar Catholic. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'll hit him up later and find out. Yeah, Blue Collar uh, named Rob. I think that, uh, I think he was talking about him the other day. Oh, yeah. Well, here I well because now Father Jeremiah because he's a priest now. So um, Father Jeremiah is by far one of the most genuine, kindest, and most gentle souls that I've ever met in my life. Um, like I, I, there's a lot of times whenever something will be crazy going on in my life, and I will I will reach out to Father Jeremiah and be like, Hey, you know, Father Jer, uh, can I? can I get your advice on this? Like, I know that you're going to give me a level-headed take. And on more than one occasion, he's given me a look like, Kyle, you cut that out. And it's just like, yeah, it's like, it's funny because we're, we're the same age, but it's just like, yes, father, you know, <laughs> but uh, got to meet him, got to meet uh, a, a very good friend of mine, Nick Grievous. I've done an interview on my channel with him. Uh, His name again, Nick. Nick Grievous. Uh, he's also a great guy. He, he did, uh, he, he's the, he's the godfather of my third child now. And one of the best friends that I've ever met, he's a focus missionary or he works for focus. So he was just here in town in St. Louis for the seat conference that was going on. Uh, but yeah, best friends that I, this is basically all just a, a plug for Franciscan university. Mm -hmm. If any of y'all are considering going Franciscan head on over there because, you will make the best friends that you will ever have in your life. And if you're a young man, you will probably meet your wife there. So, wow. uh, however, yeah, I like those guys, you know, uh, the Franciscan friars on EWTN a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. They they just live down the road for me. So I'm, I know a few of them. Yeah. You know, I, we've got a family up here that used to live in Alabama and Whenever I heard that they were, you know, Catholic in Alabama, I was just like, yeah. there's Catholics in Alabama. He's like, that's where EWTN is, dude. And I was just, huh. Crazy. Yeah. Who would have thought? Hey, the people that live here, 
have never heard of EWTN. Yeah, I don't doubt it for a second. They don't know it exists, and it's right down the road, and traffic going by by the thousands a day, and they look over there, they have no no idea what the place is. You know, uh, there's a similar similar situation in Clear at Clear Creek Abbey in Oklahoma. You know, it's a it's a oh there you are. Clear Creek Abbey is about which uh, it's about thirty minutes south or east of. It's about 30 minutes southeast of, or just east of uh, Wagner, Oklahoma. So pretty close mm-hmm. to Muskogee. And beautiful place. We've had Cardinals go there. You know, like Cardinal Mueller, Cardinal Burke has been there. You know, uh, whenever I went out there the, for the first time, there was a priest there who said, I heard about this place when I was in Rome. And yet you go to the Walmart in Muskogee and you say, hey, do you know about that Benedict and Abbey that's like a 30-minute drive away from here? And they're like, you're making that up. And it's like, Cardinals from the Vatican have been here. It's one of the, it's very well known. It's like, do you know about it? And they're like, I have no idea. It's like, I have a feeling you're making this up. And it's just like, yeah, no. So no, I, I, I 100% can, uh, can see that happening in Alabama as well. So but, yeah. is the, the hub of, of us. Is that where Scott is now? Uh, Luce is uh, her her priest's brother's a monk monk at Clear Creek. Oh, nice! That's awesome. Um, the uh, it, it's really cool. So I've had on my on my channel. I've, I've interviewed uh, Dom Dalmaso a couple of times. He he runs the Logos Project, which is really cool because he just got a pretty nice shout out at the end of the Pines with Aquinas episode yesterday. But he uh, he was a novice at Clear Creek for two years. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he knows, like, all of the monks that are there. And I gave him a... Is a, a novice before you get your hoodie? I think so. Yeah, I think he may have been in his cities, like, the whole time while he was there. I don't think they ever gave him a habit. Hey, uh-huh. don't mean to interrupt you, but during mm-hmm. Mass yesterday at the cathedral, and we have a very proper Mass, okay? Mm-hmm. It's not the Latin Mass, but it, a lot of pe- a lot of Latin Mass people think it is when they watch it okay so i'm on my knees i'm a little kneeler and i'm pretty observant mm-hmm. during the concentration because i've seen some stuff happen mm-hmm. during concentration i believe a portal is open i really mm-hmm. do and you better keep your eyes open so father jerevic's doing his thing you know and uh this dude walks in from stage left right walks right out there and he's dressed up in a suit, and he's an older guy about my age, and he walks to Father Jerebic's side and stands there like a freaking usher. And I'm like, what is going on? And at first I thought, you know how you bring up the gifts to give to the... At first I thought, this dude's way behind and went in the wrong door, and he's going to come out with the the bread. Because I couldn't figure out why standing there you know mm-hmm. and then father jerry you know right in the middle of something he stops and he walks over there and whispers something the guy does a he doesn't he exits the stage quickly i mean he just leaves and father jerry just picks right up where he left and i'm like what was that because i doubt most people see it because they're like this right so i shot him a text when i got home and said Father Jeremy, who's the dude that walked in on your mass? Uh-huh. I freak out and go, you know, I was fixing to charge him. And he said, 
He's what, what did you call it? The guy that's going to be a priest? What's uh, that well, a seminarian or a novice or, yeah. Yeah, he's like in the first two or three steps. Oh. Priest. And I think he was observing from the side of the sacristy. And he uh. may used or, or misread Father Jeremy. He just walked right out there. I said, he's ready to go right now. No stage fright for him. That's so, fun. Oh, novice. I don't know. Gotcha. About ranks and. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it depends on which order. Because, like, you know, if it's like a religious order, like a Benedictines or the Franciscans, you know, you got novices, postulants, and those are the distinctions that, like, unless you've spent some time with those orders, you're never going to know. I have no idea. I've seen flyers that wear a gray color. Have you mm -hmm. seen? Yep. Those are. are I think those are like uh, Franciscan friars of the renewal. Hmm. Well, I worked night shift at EWTN for, for a while. Uh -huh. And I worked, they have a little guard booth up on the, I don't know if you've ever been there, but there's a guard booth. And one thing I found out about friars is they can't sleep. Oh. And friars have insomnia, all of them. <laughs> so, I'd be out there by myself, work 12-hour shifts at dark. And you ever seen a friar walking at night praying? They look yes. like ghosts because their robes are blowing in the wind. Well, these gray friars showed up one night. Mm -hmm. And look, they look pale and gray with the wind blowing. And uh, it freaked me out. So you say they're Franciscan light? No. So, okay. So there's a, among religious orders, like there's one of, one of the jokes is that there's only a few things that God knows, that only God knows. And that's like, you know, the number of, you know, waves in the sea, the grains on the beach, the grains of sand on the beach, and the number of Franciscan orders that there actually is. Because, yeah, they've got, they've got tons and tons of uh, different religious orders that you've got, like, Felicians, you've got Cistercian, no, or... No, Cistercians are Benedictine, but, you know, just so many different types of Franciscans, like at that Franciscan University, those are like the TORs, the third order regular uh, Franciscans, and there's just so many different Franciscan orders. So you, usually I think like the gray ones are like the Franciscan friars of the renewal. Um, so yeah. I think CFR, CFR, I think is the, is the, is the, yeah, I think CFR is what they're, which you'll see at the end of their last name but yeah so have you seen the uh i think they're called the poor friends of jesus they're probably franciscans too <laughs> yeah, now they carry a uh, they carry a, a weird looking crucifix right mm -hmm. got these brackets mm. with the uh prayer book on it mm -hmm. and they'll they all hold their those crucifix things with the, it's a wick. I probably got it all wrong because I'm trying not to stare. They come right. in, a whole pew, a whole pew full of them will come every now and then, especially in Holy Week. Mm -hmm. And they stand there and they read their prayers off these things that look like a crucifix. Mm -hmm. So, and they all shave their head. Hmm. Beards like yours. Yeah. And they live like in the projects, like they'll get a, like they'll get yeah. a, a tore up looking house right in the middle of the ghetto. Right. Drugs are, 
and they just live there, man. They like sleep on the floor and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they spend their daytime skateboarding and shooting hoops with kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I think I know who you're talking about. Um, we had a house of those guys in Fort Worth, Texas. And I can't remember what their their specific order or like what, what they specifically were. But yeah, no, they, they, they that's like their inner city missions. And that's just what they yeah. do. They live yeah. in community and help the poor there. Yeah. Now Franciscans are really cool. I really, I really enjoy. Uh, if you get, if you get a chance to spend some time with them, they're most of the time they're some of the friendliest people you'll ever meet. The ones I know are uh, are great. I, I oh, know, yeah. uh, I know two or three really pretty good. You know, mm-hmm. had them here at the house and everything. Wonderful people, genuine, <laughs> real, real as can be. Yeah. Now, you, so you said you you had them over at your house before. Mm-hmm. I, you know, that's that's something that like I, you know, while I'll, I'll always take the opportunity to like encourage people to do this, of, you know, our priests are out there. They're very vulnerable. You know, these guys like there is so much that could happen to these guys that even if they're doing all the right things, they can get brought down. Yeah. You know, ev- you know, everything ruined, whatever. Literally, you know, kind of you know, crucified. Um, and so because of that, I think it's really important for us lay people to like love them as in invite them over to your house, make them, you know, if you see that tomahawk steak at the store, you know, Hey, wonder what, what occasion I should cook that up for. I was like, cook that up whenever your priest is over and invite him over for dinner. Let me get some real quick. You can keep talking. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Well, while, while John's gone. So, Break out that good bottle of scotch. Keep talking to, uh, you know, bring them over, befriend them, give them a beer, give them a beer, you know, and mm. just, yeah, j- do that for your priests because a lot of these guys, especially the priests that live alone, you know, after a hard day's work, they're not coming home to a wife who's wow. saying, oh, honey, how was your day? No, they're not doing that. A lot of times they come home to a really quiet house. If they're not quite ready to go to bed yet, they might, you know, pray, study, watch TV. Mm-hmm. It's a really lonely life. So that it's kind of imperative upon the laity. And don't take it for granted that just because you're shaking hands with 800 people after mass, mm-hmm. that that's the place to go for Christmas. Yeah. I, you know, my, my priest is so popular that, it's, you know, I don't want to have to stand in line just to shake hands with them. Right. Do shoot them a text and say, hey, you got a place to be for dinner? Right. You have a place here. Now, I won't give away the priest that drank this Corona beer over here. Okay. Mm. But I promise you, you've seen them on TV a bunch of times. <laughs> and there's still some residue from his holy lips. <laughs> So this is my relic. I'm going to call this a first-class relic when he becomes. Nice. A... So nice. he laughs about that, but yeah, they they need friends too. Oh and, yeah, absolutely. I, when I say friends, I'm not trying to be a drinking buddy with them. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, there's still that respect for mm-hmm. me. Anyhow, there's still the, you know, the priest, the, you know, mm-hmm. the father or whatever. But you know, they're human too. Yeah, well, you know, I guess I'll I'll uh, kind of push back on the drinking buddy thing because one of the best uh, the best trips that I ever went on in my life, 
with our church, we went on a bourbon trail trip and our French priest who this guy's on a whole nother level, but our French priest led the trip. So we had daily mass on the bourbon trail. We went to the, they've got this uh, distillery monks road that is right by the Abbey that Thomas Merton lived. And, you know, we, we stopped in the monastery, the, you know, our, our French priest, you know, made sure that we stopped in there into the chapel, you know, visited our Lord for just a little bit before we moved on. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that was awesome. But also this guy, like, you know, the French may surrender a lot, but this guy is not somebody that you would want to go drink for drink with because he has a liver made of iron and <laughs> he's a, this guy is a tank. We, uh, but it, it's, it's so funny because at work, so we, we go to a Latin mass church in St. Louis, uh, that's run by the Institute of Christ, the King. Uh, and they're not, they're like, so you've got like the, the SSPX that like cause a bunch of problems. The Institute of Christ, the King is the order that you'll pretty much never hear from because even when they're in trouble, like they were in Chicago, mm-hmm. they're not, they, they like they're obedient and in silence. So like you, they never make headlines. Um, you know, the, the biggest headlines I think that they made was Canon commons from Detroit was on Fox news for being a snowboarding priest, but <laughs> like that, that that's it. That's all the trouble that they cause. But because of like, you know, it's a French religious order. We've got a French priest. At one time we had a Spaniard as a priest. And then just so many of our friends are, it's just so international. And it's so weird for me, like growing up in a, in a town of 300 people in Southeastern Oklahoma. And now my parent or now my children have friends and their parents, like one of them's from Spain, one's from Cameroon, you know, the priest is French and, you know, my, like my children going up to somebody's like, what language do you speak? And it's just like, it, we're, we're here. It's probably English, but yeah. Really? <laughs> The melting pot, the Catholic oh, tr- yeah. transcends politics and sport, oh, yeah. culture, and you get all these people from all over the world believing the same. Right. Smoke, uh, the Eucharist, and then you mm-hmm. start making friends, and it's, it's very rich. Yeah, well, and, and that's, you know, I, I, I might make somebody upset by saying this, but here we go. You know, I read recently I read uh, The Power of Silence by Cardinal Seurat. And one of the things that he talks about, like how ridiculous it is to set up a war over the liturgy, because the liturgy is supposed to be the unit of the Eucharist, the thing that unites us all. So like having wars over that is kind of the exact, well, it's opposite of one of the purposes of the liturgy, because it doesn't matter if it's Novus Ordo, Latin Mass, Eastern, Malabar, you know, whatever. This is still the Eucharist. This is still our Lord present. And the church allows diversity in this. Yeah. And yeah. So, and I think like in our community in St. Louis, we've got a really good balance in that. So I'll always, I'll always praise the Institute of Christ the King. Christ. I had to look that up. Kyle, my wife walked in from work. Okay. 51 minutes ago. And I think she needs to go to the ladies room, but I love you, brother. Okay. Glad I didn't watch all your interviews so I could get to know you for real instead of asking canned questions. Yeah. So I'd like to have you on again pretty soon, okay? Absolutely. Well, John, thank you for having me, and God bless everybody. I appreciate you, man. We'll get more than four in here, I promise.
<laughs> All right. Thanks, John. Bye -bye.